Today on Locked on A's, we're talking about the A's loss to the Angels again on Wednesday night. We're talking about some 100-loss optimism, going over some A's history when they've lost 100 games in the past. And then we got some Aaron Judge hot takes. He tied the home run record. I got some takes. We're going to go over some takes. I'm feeling saucy today. Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 464 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's show, I got some some thoughts about the loss. I'm going to shine a light on a couple of guys that really stood out to me on Wednesday, and then we're talking about some optimism when the A's have been where they are right now. What's happened before? There's some there's some good things that can come from a 100 loss season. We're going to talk about that. And then Aaron Judge, home run king question mark. We're going to talk about that as well. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On Ace your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, make sure to join our Twitter community. Pose a question in there. Get some some conversation going. Just talk about A's baseball. That's what it's there for. But let's get into today's episode. Uh, the A's lost four to one in Anaheim on Wednesday, and uh, Michael Lorenzen's changeup played a big role in that loss. The pitch was just dominant, and he paired it nicely with his fastball to keep the A's bats guessing. Those two pitches accounted for two-thirds of his pitch selection. Uh, He threw it 67% overall, so slightly more, I suppose, than uh, two-thirds. But he threw 35 change-ups, 20 of them were swung at, and of those 20 that that were offered on by A's hitters, 10 were swung on and missed. That means that he was utilizing both those pitches very well, and his changeup was working for him. Michael Lorenzen just carved up A's, the A's lineup with that changeup uh, because that is a 50% whiff rate, which is so, so good, especially for a sample size of like 35 pitches. That's that's pretty solid. You might see that every now and then. We're like, oh, yeah, they, they swung at like two of four, and, you know, this is what happened. But 35 pitches thrown they, they offered it 20, and they missed it. 10 of them, that's a pretty good sample size. That was a very effective pitch for Michael Lorenzen on Wednesday. His counterpart, Adrian Martinez, turned in a, a, a basically an Adrian Martinez start. Uh, he cruised through three innings, allowing just one hit. But in the fourth, Mike Trout, um, I mean, you can't really fault him because he's Mike Trout. Uh, he started things off with a home run, and then Shohei Otani singled. Taylor Ward reached on a fielder's choice, and then Martinez advanced the runners on a wild pitch. And then uh, from there, Matt Thice, I think it's Thice, Thice, whatever, doesn't matter. He's probably going to get DFA'd. <laughs> I have no idea if he's any good. I don't think he's very good, but he's been around for a while. Anyways, Matt Thice, uh, he singled home a run, and then Matt Duffy grounded out to drive in another run, making it 3-1 to one Angels. Uh, Martinez's night ended up with four and two-thirds innings pitch, and he struck out Mike Trout looking. 
that was the last batter that he faced was Mike Trout, and he got him to look. So that's that's a nice way to end that, I guess. Uh, Taylor Ward added a solo home run to lead off the bottom of the eighth inning off of Austin Pruitt to give the game its final of 4-1, to one, with the A's getting their lone run in the first inning on a Connor Capel RBI single that drove home Tony Kemp. So that was... Uh, that was all of the scoring for that game. And I have two quick shout-outs from this game. The first goes to Dermis Garcia, who came on as a pinch hitter in the seventh inning. So he had not played the entire game. But then he comes in, and in his first at-bat, he scorched one to left, 102.9 off the bat. And then in his second and final at-bat, he saw eight pitches from Jimmy Herget uh, before flying out uh, and the, the reason that that's important is he started that count, he started that at bat down 0-2, and then he saw eight pitches, and I know that an eight-pitch at bat does not sound super impressive. We see him all the time, but for a strikeout guy like Dermis Garcia with a strikeout rate above 40% to be down 0-2 and then still see six more pitches, that could be a building block. That is something that caught my eye from Dermis Garcia. Shout out to him. And just the limited sample that he got on Wednesday, he made the most of it, I thought. And I'm excited to see what he can do over the course of more playing time in 2023. Is he going to play the entire year? That depends on what he's doing. If he's still striking out at 40-ish percent, probably not. But if he can whittle that down, 29.9 is that magic number. That's the Chris Davis number that I mentioned uh, last week. If he can get it down to 29.9, I think that he's going to be an effective part of that lineup. So that that is Dermis Garcia getting a shout-out. The other shout-out goes to one of my breakout candidates for 2023, and I'll give you guys all the stats once the season's over. But uh, the, the breakout candidate is Kirby Sneed. He came out of the bullpen in the sixth inning after Norhe Ruiz had loaded the bases and recorded zero outs. So bases loaded, nobody out. You're not expecting much from Kirby Sneed because you, you see him coming in with his over six ERA and you're probably thinking, ah, crap, we're throwing in the towel in this game already. But uh, Wednesday night in Anaheim, Sneed threw 10 pitches, nine of them were strikes, and he struck out three consecutive batters to retire the side. No runs allowed. Kirby Sneed just went out there and was like, I know that they weren't like the the, the Trouts and the Otanis and Rendon who's back, but he's also suspended. Uh, it, it wasn't those guys. It was the bottom of the order. But still, Kirby Sneed dominated the angel bottom of the order. And maybe that says more about the angel bottom of the order. But I think, personally, I'm, I'm choosing to read that Kirby Sneed is going to find that next year, next season, and control his pitches like he did on Wednesday. 90% strikes, and he struck out, I mean, up, he threw three strikes to each batter. He just went out there, did his business, went back to the to the dugout, and he was like, oh, I'm good. That was great. He just went out and dominated. I love to see that. I think that there's going to be a lot more of that in 2023. Uh, spoiler alert, we're, that's going to be an entire episode. Uh, later in the offseason. But uh, is this a glimpse of what to expect from him? Uh, he has the tools to have big-time success. It's going to be a matter of him putting everything together and then harnessing the movement on his pitches that will lead to him breaking out. He's had some success in limited exposure when he was with Toronto last season, so why not duplicate that over the course of a full season next year with the A's. I think it could happen. Uh, I also want to point out the disrespect 
that Levon Soto got from A's pitching last night because it's kind of funny. Uh, in his at-bat against Kirby Sneed there, uh, he, th- he threw him three sliders. And the, the first one was called a strike, and then he swung through the next two. So he saw the same pitch on all three pitches. Granted, Kirby Sneed has a very movie slider. But, uh, yeah, he threw him the same pitch. And <laughs> I thought that was really funny. And then in uh, the fifth inning, in his at-bat against Adrian Martinez, he got ahead 1-0 on a changeup that missed. And then uh, four of the next five pitches he saw were sinkers. I think it was sinker, sinker, uh, fastball, sinker, sinker. It, it was something wild like that. And, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I thought that it was hilarious that he would just, here's a bunch of sinkers. You're not going to do anything with it. Just figure it out. Uh, and then three of the por- four pitches that he had seen in his previous at-bat had also been sinkers. So he had seen seven sinkers essentially in a row from Agent Martinez. And, uh, yeah, he didn't do anything with them. Uh, both of the sinkers he hit resulted in flyouts with launch angles of 44 and 58 degrees. So it kind of feels like the A's had a game plan on Wednesday night, and uh, it did not involve Levon Soto being a threat whatsoever, and I found that hilarious because they just kept throwing him the same pitches, and they're like, try, just try and do something against this. And then he couldn't, and he got retired fairly easily by A's pitching. So, Levon Soto, uh... Sorry, but I thought that was hilarious. Uh, Coming up, we're talking about 100 loss optimism because we're going to look into the past a little bit and see what could be ahead for the A's in the future. So stick around. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Within days, you'll have confidence in days. The best part, it's all done online, so there's no more visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 in shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOCKEDON on to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank Bluechew for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, join the Twitter community, pose a question in there, but it's usually just there to talk about A's baseball. So have some fun in there. Go go wild, you animals. Um, and also thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first lesson of the day because it's been a rough season. Uh, it's been so rough that with the loss last night, the A's would have to win all of their remaining games to avoid their first 100-loss season since Ricky Henderson debuted 
1979. That team lost 108 games, so this year's team won't be the worst in Oakland history, and, and they're certainly not going to be the worst in franchise history, but that's not exactly going to make everybody feel all warm and cozy about the season that we have witnessed through, what, what are we at, uh, 155 games telling you, well, actually, the 1916 A's were the worst in franchise history because their winning percentage was only 235, and uh, they, they finished with a 36-117 and record. Isn't going to make the season any easier for you guys. So today, I want to provide a glimmer of hope that there are better days ahead. So that's what we're doing right now. As I mentioned, this is the first time since 1979 that the A's will have lost 100 games if they get there, if the A's don't win the next full slate of games, uh, they will have 100 losses on the season. They're on the precipice of a nice round number that sucks. Uh, two years later, after 1979, the A's also made it to the ALCS. They were swept, but they made it. They were swept by the Yankees, and we'll talk about the Yankees in the next segment. But uh, a lot of this has to do with... Ricky being Ricky, he was fantastic. Uh, and there was also a 51-game stoppage because there was a baseball strike in the middle of the season. Uh, but the fact remains, the A's made the postseason, won a series. They beat the Royals in I, the ALDS, let's call it that, but it wasn't that. Uh, and then they made the ALCS. So they, they won a postseason series. They were a lot better after they lost 108 games just two years before. They were just doing different things uh, playing baseball, that, that was a good time, but uh, I wasn't alive, but I heard it was a good time. I'm reading a book about it. what a great time it was. Uh, it's called Ricky. It's a good book. Uh, but before that uh, 1979 season, the last time that they had a 100-loss season was back in Kansas City in 1965 when they went 59-103. and We could be looking at a similar record this season. Uh, the following season, after they went 59 and 103, they went 74 and 86. I'm kind of thinking that the A's could be on that kind of a turnaround. We'll see. We're going to talk about a lot during the offseason. What can we expect from the 2023 Oakland A's? But, I mean, we've seen this before. That's good. Um, there are more teams now, and we're going to be facing worse teams more often, so that's good. We'll see. But why bring up Kansas City? Because... The A's have been in Oakland for quite a while. Why even bring up the Kansas City A's? They weren't there very long. It doesn't matter. Well, the A's are currently looking for a new home, and they were just a couple of seasons from landing in Oakland during that season, that 100-loss season. That was 1965. They were in Oakland in 1968, and then they were just off and running to three straight World Series uh, titles, not just World Series, World Series titles from 1972 to 1974. And I know that I'm grasping at straws and the game has changed and heck, the world has changed, but we're likely just a few months away from having a better idea of what the future holds for the A's. Will they stay in Oakland? Will they leave for Vegas? Things are a little murky right now. Uh, last, Just last week during the meeting, they were saying that we have to have a deal struck by the end of the week that we are currently in or, you know, by the end of the month, which is tomorrow, which is Friday, uh, to get this thing done or by the end of the year, to get a vote by the end of the year. And uh, it, it's Thursday at noon and no headway yet. So we'll see. Uh, so things are a little murky. And with a new uh, you know, city council, it could be a, a little bit more of a struggle. Doesn't mean that the A's are going to leave, but it could be more of a struggle. But I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic here and uh, show you, hey, Kansas City, and I'm not saying that the A's are going to leave. 
like they did with Kansas City. I'm saying they're going to set up more roots in Oakland. They're a couple of years away from setting up more roots in Oakland. That's what I'm trying to say here with that 100-loss season, 103-loss season in Kansas City. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that they're going to go to Vegas. Although, <laughs> don't look at history too closely. <laughs> Hopefully, history repeats itself with the run of contention but the A's re-upping in Oakland instead of finding a new city to call home once again. That's what I'm hoping for here with this version of a 100-loss season. And the A's have turned it around pretty quickly in the past. It seems like they've got some guys that could be difference makers. Tyler Soderstrom is currently in AAA mashing. Well, I mean, the season just ended, but he mashed in AAA in his brief uh, stint there. So he's going to be knocking on the door in 2023. Zach Geloff probably going to be starting in AAA. He's going to be knocking on the door. Max Muncy is a couple years away. Then you got you know Daniel Susak, the A's number one pick from 2022. Where is he going to be? Um, there, there's a lot of moving parts, but there is a, a, a solid core of guys that could be legitimate difference makers and propel the A's forward pretty quickly. And they're going to be developing in the minor leagues. They're going to be coming up to the big leagues and also developing there. Um, so we should be seeing what what the A's are made of before too long. Uh, maybe as early as next year. And we'll start assessing from there. But I'm intrigued. And I also, I'm, in, I'm going to look it up. But I might be doing a comparison between the last core that we had with you know Chapman and Olsen and Mark Hanna, and maybe I'll even do a poll on Twitter and be like, hey, would you consider this guy a core guy? Would Mark Hanna be a core guy? Would Chris Davis be a core guy from the last run of postseasons uh, that the A's had? And you know, comparing them to the types of players, not like what they're going to be, but the types of players, the, the hitter profiles, the defensive profiles that the A's currently have in the minor leagues and seeing if they might be set up better for the next run. I think it's going to be interesting. So I, I'm going to have to do a lot of research on that. But hey, there's a long offseason and no baseball to talk about. So I'm going to have time. So it's going to be great. Uh, but coming up on the show, we're talking about Aaron Judge tying history because I got some thoughts and I need to tell you what they are. So stick around. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. We're on all of them, and we're also on YouTube. Sub subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, leave us a review there. I comment on something. That's Comment on something. Uh, also, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, Twitter community is open. We're going to be loving suggestions on podcast topics throughout the offseason. So if you have a an idea that you want me to delve into, throw it in there or hit me up at, at by Jason B. Either way, uh, doesn't matter to me, but ideas are very welcome for the long and dark offseason when the A's aren't making a lot of moves other than maybe trading some guys. We'll talk about that too. But let's talk about something that we have not really touched on much on the podcast this year, um, and that is Aaron Judge chasing history, uh, trying to reach the American League record for home runs in a single single season. Uh, well, last night in Toronto, he actually hit the record-tying shot, moving alongside Roger Maris, who hit 61 home runs in 1961, which was 61 years ago. So there you go. 
uh, round numbers and everything. Baseball's weird, and uh, you, you gotta kind of love it sometimes. But quick side note, uh, also congratulations to Albert Pujols on uh, 700 career home runs too. Going back to St. Louis and then going on the run that he has been on of late is just simply amazing. Uh, also, thank you for not being great in Anaheim, Albert. Albert Pujols, a true legend because he didn't uh, take it out against the A's. But uh, back to Aaron Judge. I think that the reason I have not talked about it much is because I kind of don't care about home runs anymore. The steroid era kind of ruined the chase for history for me because there's always the debate of, oh, what's the clean record? What's the actual record? What are you saying? Blah, blah, blah. And I don't care. I loved watching McGuire and Sosa going back and forth and SportsCenter in interrupting their <laughs> SportsCenter. That's a dated uh, reference. Uh, it, they would interrupt their shows. ESPN would broadcast their at-bats. That was a lot of fun. I was also like 13 years old, and I'm much older and grumpier now. So then Bonds, uh, a giant, and I don't mean... Height-wise, I mean, like the team that he played for, uh, he went out there and broke McGuire's record, and I'm not sure if that ruined it for me or coming of age during the steroid discourse did it, but somewhere along the way, I just stopped caring about the home run chase because whatever, it does, I don't care is really all it is. I just don't care. Uh, it, it could also be because Judge is a Yankee and uh, I, I wasn't really rooting super hard for a, a Yankee to do it again because... The leaderboard is all Yankees if you take out the steroid guys. Uh, I, I wasn't rooting against Aaron Judge, but I wasn't really rooting for him to get to 61 either. Uh, if he stays at 61, I'd be totally fine with that. I'm like, sure, that's great. Uh, I like Roger Maris being in the conversation because he represents history of baseball. And not like, oh, this is how they used to do it, but because baseball is a is a is a sport that is just based around its history and its numbers. And I think that having Roger Maris like still in the conversation is kind of important. So uh, I think that I'm kind of rooting for Aaron judge to stop um, is where I'm I, I think I'm getting old you guys. <laughs> and also Aaron judge is like, is a monster. He is a, a tall man and him hitting home runs is like in, in the finals. That there, I have this vivid image of LeBron James just swatting away a Steph Curry shot and then uh, Steph Curry to like fell to the ground and LeBron like flexed over him. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're way taller, bro. You should be doing that. That's not a flex. Steph Curry is still amazing at this game, even though guys like you exist in this league. So, and LeBron uh, on the court, Meh. LeBron the person, he seems wonderful. Uh, but on the court, in the finals, I always hate LeBron James. <laughs> but I've learned to differentiate the two. He seems like a wonderful guy, and he's doing a lot of stuff for the community. So, shout out to LeBron James, I suppose. But also, don't flex when you swat a, <laughs> a shot away from a guy that's like 10 inches shorter than you. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, and I don't mean to disparage Judge at all. He seems lovely, like LeBron James. And I absolutely love that he spit on the extension that the Yankees offered him and then went out and had this season. He's out there breaking, uh, tying records, but like hallowed baseball records, but also important to Yankees culture and fandom and everything New York right there. He's out there like, hey, yeah, you didn't want to pay me. Guess what? Uh, I guess I could become invested in this chase after the fact, like during the offseason, if one of two things happens. Uh, the first thing is that the Yankees are unable to sign Aaron Judge due to the money that he is commanding and losing him breaks the Yankees. The second thing 
that would that could happen that would also make me very invested in this chase uh, after the fact is uh, the Yankees re-sign Aaron Judge, but the money that he is commanding breaks the Yankees. Those are the two things that would get me very invested in this chase for 61. I'll go I'll go back and watch all of these home runs again. I don't care if if the Yankees are broken, I'm on board. See, so so I'm I'm not hard to please, you guys. I'm just saying that home runs, whatever. But the Yankees demise, yeah, sign me up. I am on board for this home run chase. Um, and looking over at the record books, there are a lot of Yankees. If you look, if you take out the steroid era guys, which a lot of people like to do, uh, I don't care. It's whatever. Whoever you guys want to say is the home run king, I'm fine. Whatever. I, I like Roger Maris's name being around because of baseball history, but I don't care is, is really it. So if you take out the steroid guys, there's a lot of Yankees. And I'm not saying that they don't count, but I'm just saying let's place them to the side for just one sec. Uh, behind the steroid era, guys, you have Maris and Judge at 61. They're both Yankees. Then there is Babe Ruth, who hit 60 in 1927, and he also hit 59 in 1921. And I know that the Yankees can afford to spend money on guys that can do like these sorts of feats. And I also know that analytics say that Yankee Stadium does not help judge the way that you think that it would because of the short porch in right field. But uh, man, that's a lot of Yankees on the list uh, for the stadium to not play a role, right? I think that really, I just don't want the Yankees to have these records. Um, like logically, I know what statisticians are saying and that stuff makes sense. I, I get it, but I don't want it to be true. So it's not. It's baseball. Who cares? It's not, you know, affecting anybody's lives. Yeah, I, I'm going to have my petty baseball opinions, and you guys are just going to have to deal with them. So that's uh, that's how that works. But uh, on Baseball Savant, they have a feature that will tell you how many run home runs would have been out at each ballpark. In Cincinnati, Aaron Judge would have 69 home runs if he played all of his games at the Great American Ballpark. Uh, so Yankee Stadium isn't helping him like that. But in Oakland, he would have 59. So he wouldn't have broken the record if he had been in Oakland A and played all of his games there. In Detroit, he'd have 48 home runs. That is a large... Uh, maybe that's why they suck. Um, and over half of the ballparks, 17 to be exact, Judge would not have broken this record. And I'm not trying to, you know, hold on to the record because I hold it dearly, but I'm like, ah, I, again... I want Roger Maris to be around. I, I know that he's passed away, but I, I would like him, his his name, and the history books to still be around the top there. Uh, and I think that I'm just salty this week, because yesterday I was wondering if Chad Pender has a role on the team, and today I'm throwing shade at everybody who's ever worn a Yankee uniform, so... Uh, you know, there's that. Also, shout out to pre-Yankee Giancarlo Stanton, who hit 59 home runs as a Miami Marlin. Oddly enough, he would have only hit 58 home runs if he was a Yankee that season. So uh, maybe the ballpark isn't actually having that much of an effect. But I was about to crown Giancarlo Stanton the all-time home run king, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, so I guess we have to go look slightly further down the record books and the true home run champion is none other than Jimmy Fox double X who hit 58 home runs in 1932 for the Philadelphia athletics. Jimmy Fox, congrats. Your name is back up. You're the home run King. Who's Aaron judge. I don't know. I'll acknowledge him when he breaks the Yankees this offseason. but until then no Aaron judge, uh, but congrats. I, I it's, Really uh, a great feat and whatnot. I'm just salty and in a weird mood this week. So, you know, there's uh, there's that. 
that's all. Uh, maybe I'll go into why at some point, but maybe not. I don't know. Uh, anyways, coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to be talking about the A's game on Thursday. I'm going to have some standout performers from that, and then we got to do one of the week. Obviously, how are the, are the A's going to win any more games this season? I sure hope so. They're facing the Mariners, and the Mariners need wins, so I don't know. We'll find out. I think that they're still going to be facing like Luis Castillo and Robbie Ray. And <laughs> if they beat Luis Castillo a third time, the 2023, sorry, 2022 Oakland A's, if they beat Luis Castillo, the Mariners' big trade acquisition, and then they, they signed him to a deal also. Uh, if they beat him again, oh man, I'm going to be through the moon but anyways that's all that i got for you guys on today's show uh thank you so much again for making locked on ace your first lesson of the day now go make your second lesson the locked on mlb podcast because baseball expert and the handsomest man in the game paul francis sullivan he brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb it's on the odyssey app it's on youtube it's wherever you get podcasts so wherever you're listening to this uh go go find sully as well and make sure to subscribe to both the podcasts that's very important so you don't miss out on what we're producing but uh that's all that i got for you guys today until next time go out and celebrate good times ace fans and i will talk at you tomorrow <laughs>